everybody, and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and I'm recording a little too early in the morning for me yet again on this Thursday. Uh, but I've got my coffee, and I've got my bong, and I've got my weed, and I've got my outline, so let's get started. Let's open up with some stoner moments. Uh, a couple things that I wanted to mention. If you are diving into edibles, you can expect your experience depending on your personal metabolism and your uh, dosage level to last between two hours and a day and a half. You can absolutely go to bed and still wake up feeling what some people refer to as a weed hangover or some people refer to as still being stoned, because that's basically what it is. You still have cannabinoids rushing through your blood system and being metabolized by your liver and accepted by those cannabinoid receptors. Uh, Look at you. Me, I usually, on my daily dosage, uh, which is 10 to 15 megs, I usually end up getting an experience between two and four hours, which I think is what most people experience, a, a short or I would say experience, uh, maybe even actually as high as eight hours, six to eight hours for some people. But in general, it's going to be a daytime activity type of time lapse. All right. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was when I got too high to record my last episode or when I got really high and I just didn't do a great episode because I did go back to listen to it and I sounded so high. Um, uh, I, I have to say it was my own fault because I read the packaging and it listed the cannabinoid content and, you know, I didn't read their recommended dosage, which was actually half a full bar, not the full bar. And a half a full bar is what I decided would be closer to what I needed. So if I had just read the full package beforehand, I would never have had that problem. So be sure to read the packaging in its entirety of whatever you're trying, if you're trying it for the first time, or even if it's been a while, just to get reacquainted. All right, so that's it for stoner moments. We can get blunted real quick and talk about some political stuff. Congress recently passed their military appropriations bill, and within that, there was a stipulation that was attached that allows for VA doctors to discuss medical marijuana with veterans in regards to PTSD in those states where medical marijuana is legal. That's fucking huge! That's really, really big. That is a really big deal. And I'm super excited for it. And happy Veterans Day to all of those. I hope that we can extend this to all veterans soon. Needless to say, I was really, really excited when I read that news. All right, today we are going to talk about tinctures, sublinguals, and suppositories. Tinctures and sublinguals have a lot of similar qualities to them, but uh, I would consider them to be two different methods of medication simply based on their product style. So for a tincture, you tend to have either a uh, an alcohol or an oil, uh, which is usually grapeseed or coconut, uh, or uh, the also popular honey, which doesn't seem to offer any increased bioavailability. But when you get a nice hash honey, it does emulsify it really well. And it allows for the user to experience a really nice, mellow, 
high, kind of very body relaxing. There isn't a whole lot of psychoactivity. I would say it's closer to what you get with the synthetic THC, but not on a 100% THC level. And I used to love it in my coffee when I had to work at my office job. Oh man, I would make my coffee in the morning before I go to work and I'd put just maybe half a teaspoon of hash honey in it. And by the time I got to the office, it was just kicking in and it really helped me be able to sit in a chair for nine hours and stare at a screen. But I don't use it very much anymore. There are just so many other options. But for people who may not want a whole lot of bioavailability, a hash honey tincture is wonderful. Personally, I prefer an alcohol. It can have a lot of sting to it, but the way that it metabolizes for me, I find to be faster and much more enjoyable and truer to the experience that I'm looking for. Uh, a lot of them get mixed with honey. I actually mix honey with my alcohol tinctures too in order to make it just taste better. Uh, Grapeseed and coconut oils are also really great. I usually make my coconut oil in capsules, but I know that there are retail options out there that use coconut oil mixes, like probably coconut oil and grapeseed oil and different things to emulsify them. And some of those are great, but uh, I tend not to always like the consistency in my mouth. And that's really important because one of the ways that you're using a tincture is by the mucous membranes in your mouth. You're going to take a dropper full of tincture it doesn't actually have to be a dropper full. It can be just a couple of drops or it could be a half a dropper full. But for imagery's sake, I'm going to say a full dropper. Uh, you're going to put a dropper of tincture into your mouth and you're going to swish it around. You're going to swish it under your tongue. You're going to swish it around your cheeks. And just like you were using a mouthwash after or before brushing your teeth, whatever your preference is. And, and really kind of... Uh, get it in there. So having something that doesn't burn you if you don't want to be, if you don't like that alcohol sting or something that uh, isn't too oily around your mouth, if oil, if oil pulling isn't something for you, then uh, that's a really important thing to consider if you want to choose a tincture. And tinctures are great because it's the form of edible, or I would say metabolization through the liver uh, for the cannabinoids that is the most discreet. So you can travel really well with it. You can use it in all kinds of functions. Uh, if you have to medicate discreetly at work, if you have to medicate discreetly during travel or I don't know, the fucking opera or wherever you are going. Uh, if you have family members who don't really approve, it's a way to be really covert about it. It also has that medicine-y look to it, so children uh, might not be as apt to go towards it if you have those kinds of concerns. So once you've picked your, your personal preference of tincture and you've got it swishing around in your cheeks, uh, what's going to happen is the cannabinoids are actually absorbed through those mucous membranes. The lining of your mouth doesn't contain any keratin, so the cannabinoids can actually travel through the skin and they can reach the blood vessels and transfer into there. The rest of our skin tends to have keratin in it, which is probably one of the things that prevents cannabinoids from fully permeating all of the skin layers 
into our blood vessels, but we don't have that problem in certain areas. That is in our mucous membranes and in the rectal area, which we'll get to later. So once you've done that, you've immediately gotten cannabinoids into your bloodstream. So you just have to wait for them to actually get into your liver and for your liver to metabolize it, send it back into your bloodstream and hit the brain. For most people, this only takes a few minutes. This is the fastest way to get high that isn't smoking. Now, the downside to this is that it hits you fast, but it also leaves you faster. Tinctures, when you've gotten a high through your mucous membranes, only tend to last maybe 20-30 minutes for most people, if that sometimes. It's going to depend on the overall dosage. And a dropper full of tincture in an alcohol tincture, I'm going to go with, uh, I would say oils too. Uh, I would say most dropper fulls tend to have between three milligrams of cannabinoids and up to 30 milligrams of cannabinoids, but that's really rare. Most dosages are going to be in that 10 to 15 milligram per dropper range. And that's a great standard to be seeing in retail options is uh, them finding an average dosage with which people can then judge their own personal uh, tolerances on. But okay, so you, you've gotten your high, but you want it to last a little bit longer. But all you have is this tincture because you're being totally discreet, right? Well, so the next thing you're going to do is you're going to take your dropper of tincture, and I'm going with dropper full again for imagery's sake. Use your personal dosage. But then you're going to take that dropper full of tincture, and you're going to swallow it. Instead of swishing it around all of your mucous membranes, you're just going to straight swallow it. And so what that's going to do is it's going to take the digestive journey into your intestines, where then it will be absorbed through the liver. So since it's taking a longer, more circuitous, so since it's taking a longer circuitous, circuitous, so since it's taking the longer circuitous, Nope, math is not going to work for that one today. So since it's going the longer route, uh, it's going to also take longer to hit you. And it's going to last a little bit longer. It's going to stay with you a little bit longer. And I find that's really great for kicking in right as the sublingual effect is wearing out. Uh, so let's move on to other sublinguals. What, uh, uh, what is that? What makes a sublingual different than a tincture? Well, to me... That's pretty much just restricted for suckers and hard candies uh, or anything that you're going to kind of let dissolve in your mouth. Uh, sometimes uh, xylitol is used for diabetics, but you can still let that dissolve into your mouth and swish around and absorb into those mucous membranes. That is a sublingual effect. Now, anything that you swallow becomes an edible effect. So that's really the only difference. And lozenges, suckers, are great for people who want to start really slowly with an edible and really want to be able to have more control. Uh, because if you have just a, a small lozenge to suck on, what happens is you can start to feel its effects as you're still medicating, chances are it's going to hit you before that lozenge runs out. Now, once you start to feel something, you have the option to take that lozenge out of your mouth. Most cannabis candy really keeps well, I have to say. You just uh, want to make sure that it's not in your typical Ziploc packaging. You want some 
foil packaging. Uh, but if you keep it in foil packaging, I've been able to keep cannabis candy uh, through several uses. So you can take your candy out and then let that experience ride through and really see how it sits with you. And it'll be over faster than if you had tried a brownie or a cracker or a granola or a cookie. And, and you'll really be in much better control. Now for all of these options, you still have the option of CBD. And when it comes to CBD, you're not going to have to worry so much about overdoing it. Uh, there really doesn't seem to be any issues with people over-medicating on CBD. Now, that isn't to say that some people don't feel effects, when, especially when they smoke CBD, because they still have the terpenes. And uh, when it comes to edibles and tinctures, it's going to depend on what natural terpenes are there. But since CBD doesn't magnify the effects of those terpenes the way that THC does, it's a much more moderate uh, uh, experience. But it's still a really great way to start slowly if you have any trepidation towards cannabis, period. And, and it gives you the most control. So if you really are just starting out sublinguals, uh, specifically suckers or a lozenge, is my go-to when helping people learn how to medicate through edibles in the beginning. And just remember that there is going to be a little bit of that edible effect from whatever you swallow. So if you want to be even more careful, don't swallow any of your saliva spit it out if you need to and you can just get that sublingual effect all right so let's move on to our next option which for some people the first two are not an option some people can't have food right away uh, some people don't digest food properly some people can't have alcohol or sugars or things of that nature uh, so they they need a different option they need suppositories, basically. Uh, if you've never used a suppository in your life, good for you, I guess. Uh, most of us, I think, at one point in time have walked with our head hanging far low from the pharmacist at some point because our doctor was like, this is the most effective thing, so this is what you get. And when it comes to cannabis, the bioavailability, that is the speed and potency with which your body receives the cannabinoids and outputs them in the form of you being stoned or high, is its greatest with suppositories. The amount of blood vessels that are surrounding the very, very thin walls of the rectal area can uptake cannabinoids very quickly, uh, which then go to the liver which are then going into the uh, the blood and the the brain. And if there's THC that's uh, been carboxylated, you may find that you get high very, very quickly. Um, most people will be high off of the suppositories within 15 minutes. And, uh, and I have tried the suppositories. I have tried both indica and sativa. Indica had me knocked out asleep within 15 minutes, uh, and I would say that it lasted about four hours. I have tried a really, really low dosage sativa one, and that one had me feeling pretty, pretty drunk-like, 
since uh, my earlier podcast, I have found a couple of retail options for suppositories. I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but they are out there now. You can always still make your own, however, using uh, coconut oil. I prefer to go through Bad Kitty Smiles recipe, uh, which I've mentioned before. Um, it can increase genital stimulation as well if you need that. Uh, using a really mild suppository can uh, can certainly also, you know, do good things. And, and just like topical application where it kind of directs homeostasis in that area, uh, you know, homeostasis for your reproductive area means uh, a lot of virility, right? So some people can experience a very virile reaction. And, and that is regardless of sex. So if you uh, are a male or a female, you can experience genital stimulation through suppository use. And it may not be immediately. It may be the next day. It may be 36 hours later. It may be six hours later. Um, but it can definitely be a side effect, and that may be also a response specifically to the terpene options that are available in that suppository. I don't know as much about that, and admittedly, I haven't been as uh, excitable about the research, uh, just because it hits you so hard and fast, and you don't always have the time to put aside to whatever reaction is going to happen. I've just been a little too busy lately. But if you've got suppository experiences, I'd love to hear them. Or any experiences. Hey, if you want to share your pot stories, I love listening to pot stories. Let's watch pot stories. You can always call me, you know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on SoundCloud. You can email me. Hit me up, guys. Maybe you have more questions about how to use suppositories. Let me know. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't gotten high for a long time and you want to get high again, hit up some suppositories. You're going to get high. You're going to get really, really high. And nobody's going to judge you. Nobody is here to judge you. We all just love weed. I promise. All right, you guys. Let's safety. All right, I'm going to be smoking on some golden pineapple this morning, a wonderful fruity sativa that I love and which I hope is still going to be available because unfortunately the farm it was from got raided and I don't know if they were able to keep any of the mothers. So I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this. It might be my last. And while I get a little happier with my golden pineapple, I'm going to talk to you about weed maps and Leafly and kind of how to find weed in your area if you are in a legal state. Now, I would say that weed maps is probably the most common place for people to go to find cannabis. And it, it's pretty great. It has a lot of places. They've really dominated this area. And one of the ways they've been able to do that has been because they actually have an inventory system, too, that people are able to use, which automatically syncs with weed maps. It's kind of the area that they've really uh, got it over on everybody else is that they have 
direct access to people's inventory numbers that they can have in real time online. And that is incredibly important if you are traveling 45 minutes plus maybe sometimes in order to go find your cannabis, which thanks to a lot of politicking is what a lot of people have to do. But there are other options that are available out there. One of the other more popular ones is Leafly. At least that's the way I say it. I think some people say it Leafly. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's Leafly. They are a little bit more user-friendly. They're a little bit more basic in their, their UI. And that allows you to look for strains in your area, uh, to look for collectives in your area. And one of the nice things is that if people don't want to pay the money to weed maps in order to be listed, they are often listed on Leafly. So it's a really great way to uh, to make up for each other in this world of forever unupdated available weed locators. I haven't found a whole lot of other great ones that don't just pull from weed maps, which isn't what I'm looking for. If you can't have the inventory in real time, it really doesn't matter to me. And until somebody comes up with a better inventory system, then nobody else is really going to be able to have a hold on the market the way that weed maps does, unfortunately. Uh, and I mean, well, I guess fortunately too, because I'm not terribly opposed to weed maps. They are really politically involved though. And they are kind of one of those players that as a nobody you want to watch and kind of make sure that they don't get too big. Um, but at the same time, they're smart and they seem to really be moving things in a great direction and you can't hate on that. So weed maps or leafly are my recommendations on how to find what you need in your area. And then of course, Google can't hurt either. There are a lot of great places that have their own websites. They don't have to rely on these weed locators because they don't want to pay them money and they've already got a clientele base that supports them. So let's amend that to three. We'll say Weed Maps, Leafly, and Google. Always Google it. All right, you guys, next time we're going to be talking topicals. I know it's something I've brought up before, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth with it. We're going to go a little bit more into the science. And I'm also going to be talking a little bit more about transdermal patches and uh, some of the issues that I have with the way that they are perceived. All right, so next time we're going to be... Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the science of it, and we're going to be talking about transdermals a little bit more in depth. I want to look at those options a little bit more. All right, you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. Ciao for now. Mm -hmm.